0: Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you. Good morning, Dr. Paul. How are we doing this morning? Doing well, thank you. We're going to stamp out the injustices in this country. Let's stamp. And Biden's on our side. He says, well, there is a lot of injustice going on domestic things. so he's starting a new organization, a new a new bureaucracy, a new department. To address the subject of domestic terrorism, yes. and there are terrorists all over the place, yeah. and uh, they have to identify them because the ones who really commit the real terrorism, they have to have special treatment so the police leave them alone. So, oh, well, we don't want to, we don't, we don't really arrest you in this administration <laughs> if we think you've really done something wrong. Anyway, this whole idea of accelerating at the federal level uh, the problem of domestic terrorism because there's a lot of violence in the country. But, you know, the country was set up in a way where breaking the law, which is mostly what they're talking about. They're not they're not they're pretending they're talking about insurrection so that they can, uh, I guess, justify more uh, federal involvement. But what they what they're doing is uh, they're trying to justify this by arguing the case that uh, there's so much terrorism going on. But, you know, from the very beginning when this whole term came about was, uh, you know, when we had the the great debate after 9-11 and the Patriot Act came up and we had to get the terrorists who came. Of course, I remember us uh, working on Let's yeah, try to get people to define terrorism because if it's carelessly done, it, it just opens up the door yeah. and nobody knows what's going on besides terrorism was considered a tactic. It wasn't considered a, a crime or it wasn't considered a group of people and yeah. and they they weren't, uh, you can't name a country and say this country's terrorists and, and you know, address it. But the, there's no authority in the Constitution for dealing with uh, domestic law-breaking. And uh, we know they, that is not, uh, th- that is not uh, even, even though they're abusing those rules, they didn't seem to care a whole lot when there was a lot of violence in the cities last summer. Yeah. You know, that, that looked terroristic in the sense that a lot of problems were out there. But the justification from this, I would say is the propaganda of the last year and it's incessant. Uh, you, you know, I, I mentioned to you, I didn't think they they did play some of that violence in the inner city. And they were always in the liberal cities. But compared to the amount that we saw and the number of crimes that were being committed and buildings torn down and and, and and all the carnage that was going on, compared to the coverage of some some views from ni- uh, from uh, January 6th, yeah. it... January 6th is the propaganda tool and, and and it's to move along because I think Democrats are feeling under the gun. They're on the defensive now and they need some distraction. So they've had the, the war on COVID. That's that's been a distraction. But it's also created more crimes and, and many crimes committed by our own government by uh, undermining our liberties. But once again, they see a problem and uh, they have to have more rules, more laws, more money and a more department. So the Justice Department, which isn't doing so well in the eyes of the American people. You know, our Justice Department, our CIA, our FBI have been under the guns for 50, 60 years. And I imagine uh, even Truman recognized from the very beginning, if I knew what they were going to do, I'd have never I'd have never signed that bill. He he thought it was for collecting surveillance information to protect our country. But it turned out to be something that uh, uh, was, uh, you know, very misleading to it. The same way with J. Edgar Hoover, you know, just just think of how, how we started out with that. Yeah. So the American people, though, uh, maybe they're starting to lose confidence. But I predict uh, that this is dealing with only enhancing the power of the state for political reasons, Who's gonna have the power? And maybe if we can find out, oh, they wouldn't dare accuse uh, a Trump supporter of uh, committing terrorists, would they? And uh, so we have to have to be concerned about this. But uh, th- this is not gonna solve their problem. Matter of fact, what they're doing is the problem. Yeah. You, you know, they're breaking the law uh, by doing this, breaking the, the constitutional law, and, and it's being misused, I think, as a political tool. And I can't see where there's any sincere effort on the part of the people who are supporting this, that we're doing this for peace and prosperity for this country.
1: Yeah, you said they need a distraction. I would say they need an enemy. They need to create enemies, and they need to get rid of their political opponents, and I think this is what it's all about. You know, (laughs) this is a solution in search of a problem, because you walk around town, you walk around the country, you look around. it's domestic terrorism? Are people blowing things up? Are white supremacists blowing things up and lynching people? No, it's not happening. People are getting hurt in the inner cities, as you talk about record numbers of shootings. That doesn't matter. You've got to take this on. And Terrorism, you know, what, like you say, what about, this, what about the black business owners in these places that were burned down, watching their lives work being uh, burned down by, by <laughs> liberal white mm-hmm. Antifa supporters? But let's look at some clips because this is what, um, this is what we're talking about. It's, it's been out for a couple of days now. Here's the first one from Business Insider. Biden's Justice Department is creating a new domestic terrorism unit. But experts are skeptical about whether it'll make Americans safer. And I kind of like that second part of the title, Dr. Paul. So I went and I looked at the article. And it wasn't because they think it's really goofy and this is kind of a red herring thing. It's because it's not going to get enough money. It's not going (laughs) to have enough power. You know, that was their complaint. But so you ask, well, what is domestic terrorism? Because it really hasn't been defined very well. It's already illegal to blow stuff up. It's already illegal to burn people up and shoot them and all this and that. So what is it? Well, here's, here's a deputy uh, district, uh, a deputy, um, let's put up the next clip. He is the Justice Department, I think, Deputy Director. Yeah, Assistant Attorney General, sorry, for National Security, Matt Olson, Matthew Olson. And he said, we have seen a growing threat from those who are motivated by racial animus, as well as those who ascribe to extremist, anti-government, and anti-authority ideologies, is what he told the Senate Judiciary Committee. Dr. Paul, now be honest with me, do you have an anti-authority ideology? <laughs> there you go. Because I'm getting worried. Oh,
0: I know. We might be on a list somewhere. But, you know, the uh, it, it's such a farce when you, when you think about it because uh, they paint it as doing something very good and necessary to make things more peaceful. Uh, and they're not dealing, they, they're not that much interested in uh, the way the country set up uh, federalism and whether this is a federal, uh, federal problem or not. But but you know this this the one thing that bothers me about this uh, January sixth thing is uh, that is used as the reason for this uh, terrorist unit to be set up. But uh, g- guess what the um, the people you know the so-called insurrection. Uh, I wonder where their headquarters uh, for that insurrection was. Don't they have a center point and well, they probably create one. But. W- they didn't even carry guns in there. If it's a real insurrection with a mob of people coming in to take over the government, they didn't have a gun except some unfriendly policeman, maybe, I don't know who he was or what he was, because they weren't allowed to investigate who did the only killing, yeah. And uh, most people off. call it a murder, yeah, because sure. it's under it, it's seen under uh, you know there's a video of it. So there, you, you know, if that even that I don't consider uh, to fit the uh, so-called term of terrorism, because quite frankly, I think it's a made-up term to be used for anything they want. But they chose not the only vicious, violent murder that occurred there. What, what did they do? They know the policeman who did it. Yeah. It happened to be a, a Capitol Hill policeman. Yep. But they had investigations for four months and checking out, getting all this information, accumulating a lot of films which the Republicans aren't allowed to see. Yeah. At the same at the at the same time, uh, the policeman that committed this crime. Uh, they didn't even talk to him.
1: Yeah, no. And,
0: and so, and this, this is the group of people who are going to stop the terrorism, yeah. and they are not going to confess up uh, and say, "Well, yeah, this is this is really all politics, and this is the way politics work in this country. This is how you win elections. This is what we have to do because we're under the gun, and we have to stop, you know, the Trump people uh, from ever winning an election again. Or even if you're a supporter, matter of fact, it, it may come to the point." That even if you're just a Trump supporter, yeah, that you, you may be charged under what they're talking about. Certainly
1: under suspicion, that's for sure. Well, they need to have this January six as an insurrection, which it is not. And I did an update for our subscribers, and I'll talk about that later. Or I quote Matt Taibbi, who talks about, hey, any of any of us who have ever been in a place where these things do happen, immediately recognize this was not an insurrection. And Taibbi is a is a is a, I would say a progressive libertarian. He's not a Trump supporter by any stretch. It wasn't, and not only that, but as our friend Julie Kelly has written, and she has a new book out, by the way, on January 6th. I haven't read it, but I'm sure it's great because she's great. Um, who were all these people with color-coded orange ski hats and things in their ear that were, you know, pretending to be Proud Boys? In this, Who were these people? We don't know. They're not investigating them. Why can't we see the 14,000 hours of surveillance Congress owns that, Congress could release that, Congress won't, but they need to have this as kind of a, you know, storming of the Winter Palace kind of thing, this kind of Bastille Day thing, so that they can use it to go after their uh, enemies. And you talk about farce, I would almost go on to say buffoonery, because look at this next, here's a quote from our president about this whole need to go after domestic terrorism. It's this typical Biden ridiculous speak, I did not seek this fight brought to the Capitol one year ago today, but I will not shrink from it either. I will stand in this breach. I will defend this nation and I will allow no one to place a dagger at the throat of our democracy. And can I have another ice cream cone? No, he didn't say that. But he may as well. <laughs> and what will the sacrifice be? Yeah. <laughs> the, the,
0: the people of this country can't even walk through the Capitol. You yeah. know, there's going to be restraints from access to their members of Congress. It is it is such a farce. But, uh, you know, we have to keep looking. And some days it's tougher finding the people who will be uh, uh, energized and say, this is getting bad. I better pay more attention about it. We need to do more resistance and maybe maybe we'll just take our mask off today for yeah. uh, uh, just, just to uh, t- take a uh, rebellious type of
1: position. Exactly. Well, here before we move on, though, this is the, the Ron Paul uh, uh, philosophy that people are waking up and there is a good news buried in this bad news. And that's in this next clip. This is a couple of days ago. Daily Caller ran this, but you see it everywhere. Nearly 50% of Americans think the FBI is Biden's personal Gestapo. That's a new poll that was done a couple of weeks ago. So on the one hand, you have the FBI creating this domestic terror unit, and then you've got half the country thinking it's a Gestapo. That's a pretty serious thing, and it's also... Encouraging that they're starting to look at it this way.
0: But it, but it's also uh, a little bit sad that it's taken so long because, you know, the history of both the CIA and the FBI, the early people in both the CIA, well, uh, Truman, <laughs> it didn't take him long. To say, if I'd have known what they were going to do, I'd have never signed the CIA bill. I yeah. don't know whether he was saying that for a grandstanding or not, but I happen to believe that he probably didn't know and he signed it and it was after World War II, so that's what, why that got started. But uh, also the FBI is, has been known to be very, very corrupt. Uh, I I believe the stories and the report of how the FBI was uh, associated with uh, some of the activities when uh, Martin Luther King was killed, and we certainly know uh, pretty well. There's a tremendous amount of evidence and talk about how J- Jack Kennedy was killed yeah. in the CIA. I believe that more the case than Castro or the Russians, you know, coming in. But but. A- a- Anyway, so there's a long history. So this is good. This may be the breaking point where people have to start questioning the law enforcement agencies because I can't remember, uh, I think it took me a long time to even consider the fact that some of the people like in the FBI uh, would be not trustworthy because I had I met a lot of people in the C- FBI, yeah. not the CIA, but the FBI, yeah. and I consider them my good neighbors yeah, and all. Sure. So, uh, but the attitude, it's the leadership that counts, but this is shifting. And, uh, that's a, and I was always taught uh, as growing up that one of the worst things you can have are crooked police. Yeah. And, and I think this is what we're talking about. The Justice Department has just been atrocious, you know, on how how they make, you know, if you're indicted right now in an indictment, that, that whole system has to be changed. An indictment, uh, I think it's like 98% of the time, if you're indicted, you're, you're found guilty. Yeah. It's very hard to get off if, uh, if you've been indicted once... Uh, they get around
1: to yeah. checking things out and, and going through to the grand jury. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you're poor, right? Yeah. Well, the other thing that's, that we're going to talk a little bit about is this big push for voting reform and election reform and ending the filibuster and and all of this uh, uh, business. And it's a big deal. And there's a lot to go over. We're going to touch on a few a few reflections you have on it. Uh,
0: yes, yeah, so, you know, reforms. Uh, we, we have con- tried to condition people... Be weary, be be aware of of whatever they're doing. If they say there's going to be reforms, yeah, because it, it's it, it's it's usually deforming what is what they're going to do. So this is a big deal. It's ongoing right now, you know. And uh, Schumer has it all lined up uh, because he's playing on this. Uh, Whole thing. There's more racism than ever before, and he has to uh, make make sure that the uh, critical race theory uh, ha- continues their lifetime and influencing people. And so, th- th- therefore, they uh, they have to. It's it's the elections that are the problem. Yeah. And we have to have fair elections. But I think they have other goals in, in place. Ultimate goal is getting getting rid of the electoral college. And for now, it is. Uh, to to make sure that we have a mobocracy uh, rather than a republic. They ne- they never talk about the republic, they talk about democracy, yeah. and democracy, uh, pure democracy is the dictatorship of the majority. And, and these are the people who are always arguing the case for the minority. Yeah. And what they're wanting to do is destroy the rights of the minority. So if you're in a state where you're in a minority, uh, and they say it happens to be a state and it's a minority, and they happen to be uh, non-white.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, That's their only protection they have is... to have representation so if if they end up getting and they've they've talked about it for years but this is a big move on but I believe they want to get rid of the Electoral College uh, and they want to make sure that uh, uh, senators are elected in a different manner most of the time they run into problems because these suggestions have been around for a long time but but there's also a stronger sentiment right now and they're racing to get this done because they know next year it's not going to get any easier yeah, for them
1: yeah and they've got nothing else Else to run on so they got to risk the election <laughs> yeah. right well you know Molly Hemingway who writes for the Federalist with whom I was a, a journalism fellow many many years ago really good writer very astute she has a great piece out and she talks about I know this is gonna shock you dr. Paul cowardly Republicans in the Senate mm. who are just letting this thing fly by because they're terrified they're not putting up a fight over this reform because they're terrified of challenging the Democrat narrative that the vote in 2020 was absolutely pristine. It was the best vote, the best vote we've ever had. And uh, Hemingway quotes Time Magazine, hardly a bastion of extremist conspiracy rhetoric. Time Magazine itself, in an article not long ago, talked about the election as a what happened in the election as a well-funded uh, cabal of powerful people, quote, ranging across industries and ideologies. Working together behind the scenes to influence perceptions, change rules and laws, steer media coverage, and control the flow of information. This is from Time Magazine about the election. It was a revolution in how people vote. We know that Mark Zuckerberg spent, um, uh, what, 400 and some million dollars to affect the vote. Or you didn't have to show up. You could vote by mail. You could just, you know, however many you want to just keep voting, keep voting, change all the rules. But Republicans are too cowardly and they they basically there's a straw man that if you say there are some problems in the elections and they're not because people aren't being allowed to vote there's something else if there's a straw man that if you say that somehow you're a january sixer right and that's what so that most republicans are just terrified Uh, mcconnell and the others are just terrified they don't want to touch it with a 10-foot pole but you know who's not terrified like you said schumer pelosi these guys are not terrified at all they smell blood in the water
0: that's right and uh in any combination with the Voting Rights Act is the filibuster, because yeah. the Republicans are, are using the filibuster right now to try to prevent some of this from happening. So they have to have a, a vote to maybe uh, today, tomorrow, or soon, as, as long as this is in the news, you know, to get rid, rid of the filibuster once again, attack the minority, uh, and let uh, the, uh, the the mob, the uh, collectivism of, of, of the majority uh, dictate. That's why we have a constitution was actually to prevent that. The founders really didn't like democracy because yeah, they they, they, were because smart. they, they thought it would be uh, it would turn into what we have right now. But th- this whole thing about uh, on the, on the election, uh, you know, here here the, the the atrocious thing that just happened in New York City has to have uh, done some good because maybe a few people woke up because the mayor said, "Oh, okay, we need more political clout we're going to allow 800,000 non-citizens vote in the city election. Well, <laughs> oh, then the state election and the federal election, yeah. you know, the principle is there. Just. just waving the pen. But how many how many illegals vote now? Yeah, I'm convinced there are a few that do this. So that's that's what they're arguing. But in 1976, uh, I was very naive and very innocent and probably uh, had uh, no understanding that I might win the election. (laughs) And I ended (laughs) up winning an election where I I won by 100 votes or so. And so so there was uh, there was a contest uh, uh, going on. And uh, the, the the. Results were that these 100 votes were canceled out uh, rather easily. And we we had a contest. So we we looked at all the people that voted. We found that 1,300 people uh, voted um, uh, from vacant lots. They didn't exist. (laughs) 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 So that covered their 100 votes they needed. So all this stuff of uh, voter ID. Now, voter ID would have... If we'd have had, we had it. It wasn't even efficient. We needed more voter yeah, ID. Yeah. That would have been canceled. But now, what they're talking about? How do you cancel out honest, decent registered voters from voting? Yeah, you, you know. So if you have, if you have one, uh, one non-citizen vote, and could have a. Could have a criminal record yeah sometimes that happens too no. they have one person <laughs> vote and they cancel out the other one Another so citizen. all you, all they needed to, to cancel out the 100 votes that uh, uh, i had you know it would be a 100 people yeah. to do it so this they're all this is all about canceling voting rights yeah it's it has nothing to do with preserving uh, voting rights but it, there's one thing and we talked about a lot in congress is look at the title and tell me what the title is, and start with the idea that it's probably opposite of what the title
1: says. (laughs) And that
0: goes for this stuff, too. This is uh, protection of voting rights. Yeah. So maybe it's exactly the opposite, and usually that is the case.
1: And they've never brought forth a single person who was completely qualified to vote, but was turned away from the polling station. You think if that person (laughs) existed, that person would be up there next to Biden. I tried to vote, and I had my... And it's funny, especially in somewhere like New York City... It's racist to ask people to produce an ID to vote, but it's not racist to demand they have a vaccine passport to go to a restaurant. And of course, even though we know that the blacks in New York City are the least vaccinated group, that's not racist to to kick them out of there. (laughs) But you know, the one thing about the Republicans, Dr. Paul, uh, and Molly put it in her piece, 69% of Republicans, this is according to Washington Post poll this month, 69% of Republicans are seriously concerned about the 2020 elections and election integrity. So if the Republicans think they're going to just go ahead and skate right through and take over the Senate and House, they had better address some of the concerns with a very um, uh, uh, restless, restless electorate who is tired of people just saying, hey, let's drop it, you know, let's move on, let's move on.
0: Yeah, so uh, I do um, want to move on if you let's have another on. statement yeah. there. No, well, no move, let's on move on to something, something a little bit uh, less... Well, what should I say less serious? Well, it's serious, but not quite like changing, getting rid of the Electoral College and and all that's reform done under uh, underlying. But to protect an empire, you have the only way you can protect it is with lies. I want to talk about briefly about uh, something going on with these uh, uh, masks, the uh, the mask. you know, they've talked about the junkie mask, uh, and they've been around, and there's billions of them, oh, yeah. and they've been an economic disaster. They have not saved anybody's life, and, and most people know that. Then there's a better mask called the N95 mask, and now they're talking, the, the, the progressives say, well, another if we just tighten up. And have a mandate make everybody get those you can't and you you will be maybe put in into terrorist uh, camp yeah. if you won't put on a good mask because you're trying to kill people so they want to do this but even above this there's a story now that they have just developed a super super good mask <laughs> and and it and they'll be do, moving it. instead they're discovering now there's more admission that these masks really haven't worked yeah and there's no 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 uh uh, medical evidence that they have prevented it on the states that didn't use masks but they uh they they still are emphasizing it's just it's just they have to do something but they always did this for the for to impress their constituents, oh, this is what I did. I'm doing yeah. this and this is, and I always wear my mask unless I'm at dinner or unless I want to go out to a party. Yeah. You know, so the people have lost confidence in all of that, and 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 that is, that is good. But uh, now uh, I think the job of uh, the people who uh, understand this uh, a little bit better, uh, the, the whole system of COVID, should get it out, get it out to people, and and they sh- they should. Not not only not accept blindly this whole thing about uh, the N95, uh, but to question the other use. The the N95 actually is a better mask, and it is one that uh, uh, we tried to use, you know, uh, basically used in the hospitals. Uh But those are conditions quite a bit different when you have open surgery and all Just yeah. so different to me that has it, it really was narrowed down to a medical
1: decision rather than a political decision yeah well the mass as we know now did very little for the virus but they did a lot for pollution they clogged up the ocean they clogged up the whales they clogged up the seals uh, it's just a disaster billions of these things uh, but if so they, oh, they got rich off them let's put up this quote because this is the article we're talking about this next clip this is from uh, Common Dreams I think Sanders, senator sanders reintroduces the n95 mask for all legislation he called it an absolute scandal that the richest country in the history of the world high quality masks are not more readily available to frontline workers healthcare workers and all americans well if we're so rich why can't we buy them well laura ingram has a good uh, tweet and there's the next one here if we can put that up she makes a very good point he wants to send everyone a single mask but laura points out N95s are single use, <laughs> and the FDA's own website said they're not appropriate for children. So he's going to send you one mask. He's going to send you a, that one fish, right? One mask. You're going to use it. What's he want to keep using it? Are you going to send you one every day? The government's going to, we're going to have to, like, shut down everything. No more toilet paper, no more meat, no more anything. We're just going to go into mask making.
0: And they're going to send it to the dry cleaner. <laughs> yeah.
1: I just say, look into who's giving the donations to these senators. probably a mask company. Boy. <laughs> it, it, it's almost like, are we in the middle of a bad dream? Yeah, really. we
0: thought? Yeah, I, sometimes uh, it pops in my mind. I don't. I don't think this can be true. Maybe. Maybe I'm reading from the Onion or something. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. That Babylon some B. of it is so silly, but um, I I found this really interesting. This is the uh, last story. Is really, uh, interesting. we haven't heard a whole lot from uh, from the Danish people on uh, COVID. Yeah, but. Uh, they they finally they they did they took the position of uh, being part of the establishment. They didn't fight them. Uh, they they didn't preach. But they were they were good. S- world citizens. Yeah. You know, they went, went along with this. And if America said, well, uh, you, you can't leave anybody, you can't allow anybody leaving your country to come to our country if they haven't done ABC, yeah. you know, that kind sort of thing. Uh, but this Danish newspaper, and I think it's one of, one if not one of the top two of the newspapers uh, in, uh, in their country, and that is, they quote, we failed. The Danish newspaper apologizes for publishing official COVID narratives without questioning them. Yeah. Isn't this amazing? Yeah. You'll never see that I mean, here ever. You know, there was a time, not that many years ago, it was uh, it was sloppy, but we we did have uh, you, you know a lot more good journalists out yeah. there questioning it, and now. Um, since I was a newspaper boy, I knew something about newspapers, <laughs> and uh, it was that the news was different than the editorial page. Yeah. Somebody told me that. They said, "Oh, they—they." They I thought newspapers were supposed to be neutral, and they said, "Oh, no! But if on the editorial page, it's different." And I understood that and thought, "Well, that sounds logical." So I sort of read news differently than I read editorials. But uh, the, the, these—that um, th- has t- has totally failed, and. This is an apology that they sent in, and they said they just messed up, yeah. and they didn't follow, and they had strong, strong advice. Uh, as uh, the, he says, the mental alertness has worn out tremendously on all of us. That is why we, the press, must also take stock of our own effort. That's, that's pretty good advice, yeah. you know. We have not been vigilant enough at the uh, Garden Gate. He goes on and on. It's a a great lecture. It'd be interesting to see how the people uh, are reacting to this. Yeah,
1: I mean, it is something you literally would never, ever see in the Washington Post, the New York Times, all of these publications that lie after lie after lie. And it's not only that they lied. They basically acted as stenographers for government press releases. They never said, hey, this doesn't make sense. Can you explain it? No, they just printed it. And here's a very dramatic, and this is a translation, this is a very, very dramatic headline from the newspaper, if we can put up this next clip. Um, very dramatic. We failed. That's it. <laughs> Just two letters. And, and here's a tweet about the article, if we can do that next one, because it does have a slight explanation, if we can put up that next clip. Um, one of the largest newspapers in Denmark is apologizing for its journalistic failure during COVID-19 by only publishing official government messages without questioning them. You've got to give them credit. Nobody likes to say, I'm sorry, I messed up. Only Walter Jones in politics has ever done that. Yeah. Uh, you don't get any brownie points for saying I was duped or I messed up or whatever.
0: Yes, it's, it's amazing. So, truth is breaking out, and I uh, d- hope Denmark uh, gets some benefits from this, and I hope people get excited about it. But uh, I don't think it will be, uh, this story is going to be, I don't think we clipped this story from the Washington Post. Yeah, no. Or, or the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal. Yeah, you know, yeah. They're not going to do that.
1: Well, I'm going to close if we're okay. ready. And I just want to uh, thank our viewers. Uh, we did a new Ron Paul Institute update last night that I put out and you can get that update for free. Go to ronpaulinstitute.org and subscribe. I'll send out another one tonight those who, to those who subscribe today, talking about some of the things we talked about today. But the other thing I wanna say is if you've been watching the show for the past couple of weeks, I may have looked a little green around the gills, uh, and that wasn't because I've been drinking poison or, or rot gut or something, but uh, we had a camera go out and we had to use a backup camera, uh, and thankfully, some good friends, some good viewers of the Ron Paul Liberty Report. They happen to have gone to your your house to our Supporters Summit. But I wanna thank Randy Laskowitz and Dan Johnson uh, for coming forward and literally buying us a new camera that we can be back uh, how we were. We can continue to improve the studio. We do have plans to improve our studio coming this year and we're going to reach out to you to help us do that. And of course we are going to uh, do all sorts of things to thank you, including uh, talk about your name on the show and et cetera. So keep you know keep your eye on this space uh, When as we continue to improve. Our viewership is growing. We're just a hair away from 300,000 subscribers here, uh, and we're growing on other platforms as well. But thanks to Randy and, and Dan uh, for your wonderful generosity in getting us this new camera. And we look forward to seeing you and all of you at a future Ron Paul Institute event. Dr. Paul. Very good.
0: I want to just uh, reiterate what we were talking about earlier, and that is this new unit the Department of Justice has set up to combat domestic terrorism, trying to uh, be more precise on the definition of terrorism and trying to uh, expose the fact that the federal government shouldn't even be involved in local policing. Uh, A national police force is not what the founders had in mind, and yet it's uh, casually accepted by so many people now that we should have a national police force to do all these wonderful things and keep us safe and free. And we have grown to accept this principle that the purpose of government is to make us safe. And I think uh, it sounds good, it sounds wonderful, and I'm concerned about safety, and uh, I think everybody should be. But I think the responsibility really is ultimately the individual, the family, the local community, and, uh, and groups doing it, or local uh, government authority, but not the federal government, but even for any uh, government that is uh, uh, taking this assumption that, that my job is to make sure that you're safe. I've made this statement once, which is very true. They can't do that. If you had a policeman on every corner in the house, on the street, you probably still couldn't do it. They can't even, you, you know, uh, protect people against drugs in prisons. You know, it just happens that things get around. So this this whole idea, the purpose of government, setting up a new unit uh, to you know to police us it's not going to work it's a probably going to diminish uh, you know our liberties and not enhance our safety and our freedoms and uh, so often probably almost always the legislation passed is always done with uh, wonderful, wonderful promises. We're going to make you healthy. We're going to make you rich. We're going to give you food. We're going to have peace in the world and we're going to make sure there are no terrorists around at the same time. They will use tactics which are equivalent to what terrorists do, intimidation. And we saw and witnessed a little bit of that on this war against COVID. So this this is the kind, kind of thing that we should think about because ultimately our concerns should be providing for a free society. Because my goal in life has been to try to. Uh, make a conditions where people can work for their own excellence and virtue, which is something very, very personal. It happens to do with personal moral beliefs, but it can't be done by government. So when government takes over this role of making us safe and secure and taking care of us, believe me, they're destroying the very thing they're trying to save and secure. That's why the principles of liberty need to be understood and the people willing to defend those principles.